Oh, I just discovered, discovered a new iOS 11 feature. Hmm. What is it? When you open the dock and you, you put a finger on one of the apps on the dock, then you have mm-hmm. the recent documents that you used it. it. It's actually, it's quite confusing how this works. Like if you tap the app, you open it. If you press it for a bit longer, you show for some apps like the recent thing. Yeah. Then if you press it just a little bit longer, you can start dragging it and also like moving it as a window to another app. And then if you press it even longer, then you enter the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like it has too many levels. We live in the future. We, we talked about it. You know, when you live in the future, you suffer. <laughs> you suffer. Suffer. Always. My brother. Of course. Mother. Of course. You start. Okay, are we ready? Wait. Wait for it. Go. Hello, I'm Michael. I'm Radek. And this is The Podcast. A sounding board for interesting ideas and insights. We discuss books you read and want to share with you. As well as technology and productivity, which is what we do by day, working on our app, Nosby. Or whatever else comes to mind. I always like saying the podcast. Yeah, Oops. you do, but but don't 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 do that. No, Stop. I really like it. It's fun. No. Come on, give me some. No. So anyway, uh, we are because in every show, if you've been a good listener, you've noticed that in every show we switch. So that's why every yeah. other show I get yeah, to yeah, say yeah. the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So um, so let's not uh, extend this episode too much too much because we've just uh, uh, did it. You know, we just did it last time with 65 minutes of, of iPad-only chat. Yeah, we, uh, we, we apologize. We apologize. Uh, we are both enjoying our new iPads right now and, and playing with them and having fun and testing iOS 11. So this is good. But today mm-hmm. we won't talk about any of that. Yeah, we we want to get back to books and, and some cool ideas. the sounding board for interesting ideas and insights. Exactly. Because we, we, we haven't done that uh, in a while. Like, I, I didn't know about you. I, I had a, a bit of a kind of slower time in, in my life the, the past few months with reading books. And I, I was behind with, uh, with reading. But there's been one book I, I, I read uh, not long ago that I just recommended to you and that I think inspired both of us and just fits perfectly... Um, to both our personalities, I think, and the way we look at life and also fits into previous discussions on the show with books like uh, Ego is the Enemy and just many ways in which we think um, about about life. We discussed monkey brain optimization, uh, as, as we call them, like ways, like psychological tricks to like really take advantage of our capability, to like really make it easier for us to do what we really want to do. And so today we'll talk about stoicism. <laughs> stoicism, baby. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, today we'll talk about uh, the book called uh, A Guide to the Good Life, right? That's right. Okay, so um, the book is about stoicism and about how a modern person like ourselves uh, should look at stoicism, what they could take away from stoicism or uh, which lessons they could apply in their life. And uh, yeah, and how to have a good life, which is actually the question of, you know, the, the, the question, how to have a good life um, and how to have, a, you know, how to have more tranquil 
life, like, like you know, more be more calm, uh, and also um, be more sane, and uh, yeah, and just you know go through life uh, with more happiness. Right. Uh, so a guide to the good life is, um, I would say, a, like a modern guide to stoicism, uh, a very approachable uh, one. It it covers some. Um, history of philosophy and, and and whatnot, but it it mostly focuses on um, the the meat, the the core ideas of Stoicism, especially Roman Stoicism, that are applicable and relevant to the modern reader. And um, it's it was surprising to me at, at first. Like I, I had I had some exposure to to these ideas uh, largely because of David Hanemar Hansen, who would mention it many times on on Twitter and on podcasts. Uh, but in in general, like it sounds like something that's uh, not something I would be concerned with. Like stoicism, it it sounds like some boring old thing that is just like not not relevant, uh, something outdated, something not relevant to the modern reader. But um, I think, like, again, I didn't realize because I, I didn't look into it um, far enough, but I think the part that's really interesting about Stoicism is that a lot of it are, like, a lot of ideas, a lot of um, a lot of what Stoicism is, I would put as strategies or psychological tricks to achieving tranquility, uh, which is, I guess, something we, we should define. Yeah, so when you recommended me this book, I was also skeptical. I was like, you know, I don't want to read about some philosophy and, you know, some boring things. Uh, so I was also skeptical. But um, uh, the good thing about, you know, us recommending us recommending each other books and anyway, searching for new books and new inspirations is that sometimes you do, you do have to leave your comfy uh, box and uh, uh, stop reading another you know, yet another productivity book, and and read something totally. Uh, I mean, something which thinks which which you think would be completely different. And um, yeah. in retrospect, it's not that different, and it has lots to do with uh, our lives. Yeah, it has a lot to do with productivity in, in the broadest sense, which is like what we're often interested in. Like a lot of the ideas we discuss, like when we talked about essentialism for example like it's like you could call it like a productivity book but it, it's like in, in the broadest sense only like it's applicable to life in general and and with um with stoicism like it doesn't help that i i, I guess it's it's like widely misunderstood to the point like the, the the there's this phrase like uh the, the the word stoical um which can be deceiving um stoics were not necessarily stoical uh as in emotionally repressed the, the the goal of, of stoicism is to um, live a good life maximizing the experience of tranquility and tranquility is is this this word for absence of negative emotions like grief anger and whatnot and the positive of positive emotions so not 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 quite like um, not like happiness but but happiness is, is this loaded word that suggest this kind of high state of energy and, and tranquility is about this calm subtle joy of life a, a positive state but like almost a a, a neutral one um, and and the 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 main idea of, of stoicism is through practice of stoicism or as in in the modern phrasing I guess through the psychological tricks of stoicism to you know, remove as as much negative emotions from your life and enjoy the joys of life, 
which is, you know, sounds like a good philosophy of life. Yeah, but the thing is that um, one side you are saying remove negative emotions, but on the other hand, um, we will start with the, with the first premise of the book, or so with the first idea from the book. I think the biggest idea from the book is to actually attract negative emotions in, in, in a way. So one of the th first concepts I would like to share from the book uh, is uh, the negative visualization. So this concept is uh, what well, means that to appreciate what you have, you should entertain a thought um, or a situation where you don't have it anymore. So, uh, yeah, for example, uh, you, have, um, you have a great house. Like, think about it, how it would be if you wouldn't have this house or you have a great car or you have a, like a great family, you have children. I mean, whatever is that you appreciate. You have an iPad, right? <laughs> we have the new iPads. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, well, that's for you easy. For you, it's easy. For me, it's not that easy. Well, anyway, um, the, so what I'm saying is that you have a thing and you like it, but to appreciate it more, entertain the thought of not having it, or or or, or having or having it taken away from you. So, um, and this is really powerful. This is very powerful because, like, I haven't been thinking like this before. I ha I haven't. I mean, if have you? N not really. No, uh, not not before. I was um, I was previously exposed to this idea, but but only in in the context of of um, of stoicism. And I, I guess the idea behind that is most of the the people here listening to this are, in the grand scheme of things, um, extremely privileged, right? We, extremely fortunate, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we live a a dream life, like like even in misfortune, like you know, uh, bad stuff happens. Sometimes you, I don't know, you lose a job or whatever. Things happen to you in life, but in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, few people throughout the whole history of human life had it as good as as we do um but it's it can be difficult to appreciate it right like the, there's this um because everyone has that right everyone has that so so yeah like, and, so and, it, it, and it seems it's common it seems obvious so like why appreciate it you know like yeah i have house yeah i have computer yeah i have uh, family yeah i'm healthy whatever right yeah and it, it's not just that most people have it but you've had it for a while and you adapt to it and you like you you this this just the the hedonic adaptation it, it prevents us from appreciating what we have like the the simplest way to be happy is to be happy with what you already have and most of us again listening to this show have quite a lot to be to be happy for but we just it's so hard to appreciate it we take for granted what we already have because we already have it right and and most of us too over the span of a lifetime, like we live a life of our past dreams, right? Like you have a job, house, car, spouse, iPad, you once dreamed of, right? <laughs> but but once you, you get it, it's just you you move on to even grander goals yeah, and to you, the next thing. To the next thing and you forgot how how good it is. And it's just like that's that's the kind of that's one of the most common kind of broad patterns of what takes away this tranquility from 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 our life like we worry about this and that and that and we don't stop to appreciate because it's really hard to appreciate all the things that we already have and negative visualization is this technique is this this psychological trick to to bring back this ability to experience joy from from this 
Yeah, and th there are two great stories in this book, which I, 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 two examples which I really liked. So the first one was the fact that the kids very often, if you give them a, a toy, they love it. Like, it was the best toy ever, right? And they play with the toy. Then uh, you just, they did get bored with the toy, but then you put it back somewhere. They don't see it anymore. And you give them back the toy like after a week or two weeks and they're like, whoa, it's the best toy ever again, right? <laughs> so they don't, like the kids enjoy things more than adults because they don't think anything for granted. They don't take things for granted. They just, you know, they just enjoy things as they come, right? So they have this like more <laughs> inner joy uh, than the adults who just take things for granted very easily. And was the, that was the first idea. And the second idea, which I found, found really powerful, um, is this... Um, is, is saying grace before a meal. So I'm a Christian, I'm a Catholic, and I think I'm, a, like, like I'm, a, like I'm going to church every, every Sunday. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I think I'm pretty faithful. But I don't really pray before food. Like, I don't have this habit. I mean, it wasn't in my family that much. But actually, after reading this book, I started practicing it more. Because what I realized is that when you pray or, or say grace before food, you 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 like appreciate the fact that we have this food here that this tasty food is here and we have this company here to share this food with it's like you practice negative visualization in this moment and when i realized realized that it it just took like it, it it gave me a different meaning like right now when i sit with my family and we say grace before the food i'm just so instantly happy really it's 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 like a, it's like a like a trick you know i'm just instantly happy i'm like yeah this is so great. We have this food. We have this company to share the food with. Wow, right? I, 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 I never, like, I never looked at that from this angle. It's and I loved it. I love it. Can you explain in more detail, like, what does negative visualization mean? Like, how, how do you actually do it? Like, what, what does it mean to practice negative visualization? Well, from what I understood from the book and from how I, how I tried to, <laughs> to do it, is the, is the fact that. What you do is uh, you look at something that you really appreciate or that you know that you have, and then you think like for 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 quite a while how life would be if this thing wouldn't be there, if this thing, person, this circumstance wouldn't be there, and you think how you would feel when it's, when it would be taken away from you. I think this is like and and, and you like you spend time on this. You spend time thinking how this would be, and then like. From what I understand, you instantly like start appreciating that it's there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would say that's pretty close to to my understanding. Like um, the idea is to contemplate a a bad thing happening, like reflect on a possible misfortune, and and sort of come come to terms with it. Like you know, just like you're saying, imagine life with for example, the loss of your job, your career, your possessions, your health, friends, family, whatever, like like anything that, that you want to practice negative visualization on and kind of imagine what it's like and sort of accept it as if it was actually true and, and see that, oh, okay, um, I, I could cope with it because I still have these other things, right? And and then like by kind of playing this scenario in in your head, and and sort of in this kind of um, simulation, you you see that you know it's it it wouldn't be that bad. Like you you're you're still alive, 
right? And you you get out of this this re- reflective state and you realize that oh, but I I do have those things. So like if if I could live with that, you know, what what a joy it is to to live when I I I do have those things. Yeah, it's like you know this this this, this gradual gradual you know appreciation of things, right? Like for example, many people start appreciating their health when when they lose it. So when they turn you know, go to hospital or whatever, like I had this problem when I was practicing for for the last triathlon, I was practicing swimming a lot, and I got in, I got a, a small injury on my back, and I couldn't swim. That, that that well anymore and it was hurting me and, and not, not only swimming but it, it, it was hurting me every day when I was moving my hand and then I realized how good it was when I wasn't injured you know <laughs> like like I, it's still fine I'm still okay but it was so great not to be injured you know <laughs> be able to like function 100% and you know so you start realizing that so um, that's why the, the, the this is this is so so powerful but it's you know it's it's sometimes too late to appreciate something when you just completely lose it. Like, because how bad it would be if I would be completely, you know, crippled for some reason, you know, then of course I will survive. But but that's why the negative visualization gives you this option to entertain a thought and a state of mind without the consequences of it, right? But but then again, it, it, it gradually, like, like, like it, it helps you, you know, get back, like gain some perspective and come back because very often in our lives we get annoyed by stupid things by really stupid things things that don't really matter and then um, this neg- negative visualization technique again brings you back brings back your sanity and then, as, as I ex- explained with this uh, saying grace example like right now really whenever we do that I, 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 I go subconsciously into this negative visualization mode by thinking how it would be like different if I wouldn't have that family to share this meal with if I didn't have the meal and you know so it's it's hard to, to think about it because we are used to having meals and not you know not starving to death so it's really hard to do it but this idea of of, of really appreciating it now and then and, and then you know savoring the meal even more with this company and then really putting the mobile phone out and just focusing on the on the you know on the company and on the meal it's because it, it, it's another benefit then then you start being focused on on what's really important because you don't want to lose it. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting about negative visualization for me is that the benefit comes on multiple levels. Like by reflecting the bad things that could happen to you, um, on one hand, you prepare yourself. Like you, you, yeah. you contemplate how life could be worse. And, and by that, like you see how you could lead it to become worse. So you get to prepare yourself such that the bad thing doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Then by entertaining those those thoughts without them, them happening really, but, but by entertaining them, you sort of come to terms with the tragedy. At least that's that's the idea uh, that, that you kind of mentally try to come to terms with with this life that's worse off. And And because you've already like kind of practiced it, if the tragedy does happen, and and some of the tragedies that Stoicism talks about, like the loss of your health and 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 whatnot, like some of them are inevitable once you get to a certain older age, right? Um, so you come to terms with the tragedy, so that when or or if it happens, it won't affect you as much as it would otherwise. And then on the third level, because it it doesn't happen, 
you get what we discussed as kind of the the primary uh, maybe benefit, which is the internalization of how lucky you are, um, and and like the regaining of ability to experience joy of of the life as it is. Yeah, it's really powerful, and um, and it takes it takes practice, I think, because I, I mean after I read the book, I started practicing it, but it's really hard, and and it's 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 pretty demanding. But on the other hand, I had like an immediate. Um, so, uh, situation where um, last week we had to take our uh, our little one, our smallest child, to the hospital uh, because she had uh, bronchitis and uh, so a problem with lungs and, and breathing. And um, for a small child like that, you have to just put to the hospital right away. You cannot, you know, cure her at home. And I don't want to lose my child. Of course, <laughs> I would never want to lose my child. But I don't know. For, for for some reason, I I appreciated this more this moment more. I because I read the book because I, I already entertained some negative visualization sessions. Let's call them. I was calmer. I would have normally been, you know, freaked out, like completely freaked out. But I wasn't. Of course, I was nervous. I'm a parent. She's my like the youngest. So so it was hard for me. But for some reason, I think I was subconsciously saner i was just uh, more more calm but then then it, it ties pretty well with um with the with the second thing so with the second concept with the concept of uh, of things that we can or cannot influence right mm-hmm. so how do you call it uh the author called it the trichotomy of control exactly so trichotomy of control meaning you ca- there are things that you can influence 100 percent. Mm-hmm. there are things that you cannot influence at all and there are things that you can kind of influence so you can you have some you can exert some kind of influence but you actually cannot influence the outcome of that right mm-hmm. so like you you have some all or, or no control or things at all which is like an obvious distinction yeah it's and you know and there's this prayer for the alcoholics right like you know uh, <laughs> god you know help me to just distinguish between the things that i have control and I'm, I, I don't and yeah, i think it's yeah. It's it's pretty good if you think about it because very often we freak out about things that we have no control over at all. So mm-hmm. this is like this is this is stupid. <laughs> like this is stupid right there. But then of course there are things that um, we have some control, but we think or we trick ourselves or we fool ourselves into thinking that we actually have hundred percent control over this, which is mm-hmm. not true. Many, many over many things we have kind of control, and I really liked uh, this concept of of changing your goal. So, for example, there, there was this example of the tennis game, but whatever game. So, if you're playing with against someone, your goal would be to win, right? But instead of, uh, but but you cannot influence that because things can happen. They can have, they can be lucky, or or they can be luckier than you, or you know whatever. Like they, they can be things that uh, don't. Oh, you you can be just worse off this day or whatever. So things, you know, even if you're like a great person at like you, you, you can influence it, but you, you don't have complete control over it. Exactly. So the thing is that if you internalize the goal and and uh, and say, I'm going to perform to my best ability, mm-hmm. then it's a different goal. And if you did that, if you've if you really done that, if you've really done that, that, then you can be proud of yourself. Because even if you lost, you said, okay, I did my best there. I lost, fair and square. Okay, it's fine. Because I did my best. But of course, it's easier said than done. 
Uh, right. So the trichotomy of, of control is it's kind of like an, an obvious distinction, like some, like all or, or no control over um, something at all. But but I think having this mental model is is quite quite useful because like if you always explicitly think it in those in those terms, it's easier to like sort things through. So like you should concern yourself with primarily with things you have complete control over, right? And like worrying about things you have no control over at all is like a waste of time. But but the 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 really clever trick is you know most things in life that that we have in front of ourselves we have influence over but no full full control over and if you if you you know set a goal oh i will win this tennis match or i will get a race then it's um you you kind of set yourself to it but if it doesn't work and you fail like it's just going to really really hurt it it will destroy your tranquility right and and like if you internalize the goal if you like mentally set yourself to do your best to win this match or do your best to uh like like perform the best at, at work instead of i will get a race like if you always put things um in 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 a way that that you have com- com- complete control over like doing your best you do have complete control over um then it's it's not going to hurt as much um, if you fail, and you you still, you know, uh, you still have the high correlation between your internal goal and the external goal, right? Like if you do your best, then it's far more likely that that you win, but but you don't risk um, having this this stress, this um, uh, th- this risk of just ruining your your tranquility if if you fail due to circumstances you you could not have controlled. Yeah, and uh, when I was reading it, I, I then I realized because that, that that some of the athletes I, I admire, some of the athletes I really admire and respect, have been doing that for for quite a while now, and. Uh, I haven't been listening and paying attention because the media, they, they are talking about, you know, the championships, the wins, the points, the whatever, right? These kind mm-hmm. of, you know, external things that, as, as, we said, as we discussed, you cannot control. But I remember vividly, like, there was a time when in Poland uh, we had Mawysz Omania, which means Adam Mawysz, um, our ski jumping um, uh, champion, was, uh, was, was, was he, he was, you know, ski jumping and he was fantastic he was just great and uh, I, like every sunday we would watch you know ski jumping contests and we would, we would cheer him and everything and whenever the, the and the media were speculating you know is he going to win this 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 time or how how far is going to jump or whatever whatever and we'll link to adam mawish in the you know to wikipedia article about him because you should learn about him he's, he's a fantastic guy so anyway they would ask him so what's your plan for today you know how, how far you want to jump today and he would always he would almost always say no, uh, well, I don't know. I just want to make two good jumps, and and that was it. Like, he was he was he was really nice, and but he would never, you know, indulge in these conversations about points or championships or whatever. He would say, "No, no, I'm I'm here to just do good jumps." And I remember, I remember vividly in in one of the uh, one of the uh, championships, one of the the, the competitions, because of uh, problems with weather, they cancelled one of the. One of the jumps, they just jumped once and that's it. And it was over, like the results were final from the, just the first jump. And he won 
Mm-hmm. But you could see him. He was pissed. <laughs> he just took his skis and he was pissed because he prepared himself for another jump. He was supposed to jump and he didn't jump. <laughs> so, so he wasn't happy because he won. He was he, he was unhappy because he was supposed to do two good jumps and he was he he set up his his goal was to do good jump two good jumps and his goal wasn't met. So he clearly internalized the other goal, not the goal of winning, because he won. But yeah, he, but, he but because, the because the, the circumstances changed, it turned out that he doesn't have complete control over doing two drums. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it was well, so that, fun that, to that's see. That's hard to predict, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. And another thing I, I, I found uh, interesting is this discussion on, on luxury. Um, and, and that's, again, um, to be... Uh, to be thought of in, in in a broad sense, because again, in the grand scheme of things, uh, most of us live in 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 some degree of of luxury uh, compared to you know just fifty years ago. We have things that that just were not possible before. Uh, most of us live um, pretty well, and and the book discussed like a the 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 risk of of becoming a, a connoisseur of acquiring a taste, right? Because like once once you um, have the means, then you you start acquiring a taste for delicacies again, like in in, in the broadest sense. Like like some people, for example, uh, just really love the best coffee. For example, Let, let's stick with, with this example. But 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 the problem with that is um, acquiring a a taste for the best means. You won't be satisf- satisfied with fi- with simple things, like you're in in the pursuit of of pleasure, and, and not tranquility, but but pleasure. You're you're making your your life harder because simple things um, no no longer satisfy you, right? Like you 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 crave for more and and more, and 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 that's kind of. Um, that's kind of risky. Like again, like you don't have to imagine uh, like true luxury in in the sense most most people consider it, uh, today, like becoming you know really rich and having a big mansion or whatever. Like even in in the smaller things, like you acquire a taste for and you know the best coffee ground you know in your home with the freshest beans made in your aeropress and <laughs> you know I, the, that that's fine but but the risk with 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 doing those things is that again you're no longer satisfied with with, with, with simple things and even if you have the means for more being accustomed to living a a simple life has the benefit that the things you enjoy are easy to obtain like again, like if you enjoy simple food, and and like, you know, regular coffee or or whatever, um, it's there. You don't get the best, but it's there everywhere. It's ready available everywhere. If you have like you you can um, read about many um, like really uh, rich people living in simple houses, and simple houses are easy to maintain. Are, are like simple life. Living a simple life is easier, simple, even if you can afford more. So I have two thoughts on that. So first one is for like I have a good example is the fact um, like of like I like traveling. I like traveling a lot, and uh, I uh, with my wife when we whenever we travel, we try to get the best hotels we can 
the best places, you know, Airbnb, the, you know, the best ones we can afford and we can enjoy our family there. So, and I realized that over the years, um, like our standard for, for accommodation changed to some better ones, right? Mm-hmm. But then again, on one hand, we are trying not to cl- keep climbing. So like to just put ourselves like at, at, at some level and just don't go upper from there or maybe once like once in a while just have a luxury but then go back to our level but on the other hand also try to have every now and then a vacation much simpler so with a very simple accommodation uh, or even a camping you know something that is not as fancy as what we are used to this mm-hmm. way you can uh, you know appreciate the simple things and also uh, not be uh, out of touch with simple things because I think this is also a risk that you are st- you stop being out of touch of 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 how real people are living, right? of, of of how you know um, really uh, things work, and uh, so so I I would say that you know we started doing that. So so trying to trying to um, maybe sometimes go a little bit higher, but usually stay on the same level. But also uh, sometimes deliberately plan something uh, lower of lower standard, just you know just to enjoy. A simpler thing, uh, you know, less luxurious, maybe, you know, <laughs> I don't know, just simpler. And this way we, we, yeah, we don't lose, um, uh, you know, don't lose touch. Yeah. Or, or, or just like you can imagine, um, you know, it being summer vacation time. And if, if, if you're, if you're capable of totally enjoying just staying in your home town, just at home. And like, if, if if that is something that that brings you, if if you're capable of, uh, you know, being happy with that, that, that that's also a, a a good thing, right? Because like it's it's so easy to once you have the means to create this lifestyle for for yourself that you're like always traveling or always doing this or or that, which um you know you you might lose that ability someday, and even if you don't, like you're saying, you're kind of losing. You're lo- you're losing touch, and the the better things you 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 have, stop being better because you you just get used to them. On the other hand, uh, what I'm not necessarily agreeing with the book is the fact that you know Stoics uh, kind of you know try to I don't know kind of force you to like, to try to be poor and try to be simple. On one hand, I think it's it's great. Um, on the other hand, what I like about like, simplifying is is this idea of having less things. But of better quality, for example, and then appreciating them, appreciating them more. So, for example, I dramatically reduced the the amount of clothing. I mean, the the number of clothing, the number of clothing items I have in my wardrobe. But now, uh, with every shirt or polo shirt or you know pair of trousers that I wear, I can honestly say this is the best one. This is one of them because. I only have my favorite ones, and then I wear them down. At some points, at some point, I will just have to throw them away because they're just totally worn down. But this way, I really appreciate like fewer clothing, but really clothing that I can like, that I like. Wait, uh, hold on. What, what do you mean by um, you, you said trying to make you purr? Like, what, what do you mean by that? I, I did not, I did not get that understanding at all. I did. I I, I thought that they, they 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 just tell you that you know actually what they want to say is that when you have too expensive too expensive things, then you start being dependent on them. And I can 
appreciate it. I can find it true that when you have expensive things, they can guide your decisions or, you know, because this is expensive, you don't want to, like, I don't know, do something. But so, and I thought that they would tell you that, you know, being rich is not, or appreciating the richness. The luxury. Ple- yeah, the, the pleasures, the, the luxury is not good. And f- again, from my, my understanding, I'm actually trying to uh, simplify my life, have less items, but the ones I have, really love them. That's why my, my, my vouch, you know, that, that we just discussed uh, in the last episode, that when if I like the, this iPad too much, I'm going to sell the other two iPads. <laughs> okay, this was a bad joke. But <laughs> no, but what, 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 what I'm saying is that's really, for example, I simplified my wardrobe. I simplified lots of things, my, my shoes, like lots of things that I have only the ones that I really care about, that I really like, then I appreciate them more. And when they're gone, they have served me well. I throw them away and then go for another ones. I, I think your, your understanding of, of that part uh, might be flawed because that's not at all how I understood it. it it's okay. ri- right in my notes from the book that um, a Stoic does not seek fortune. And I, I, I think the, the key here is seeking okay. fortune. Because um, if, if you set your mind, your, your goals to becoming rich to achieving luxury it will just drive you in all sorts of directions which are uh, incompatible with with the uh the pursuit of tranquility um however it's it's still possible that a stoic does achieve some level of fortune of luxury and and in fact the 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 book detailed quite well how many most famous stoics were actually important people right and and that is okay to achieve that um not necessarily to to seek it seek in in the sense that um again that that this becomes the center of your focus but it's okay to achieve it in whatever means you you do achieve it as long as you don't cling to it right so so that's um that's also i i think a lot of those things you you have to take through uh through a a filter a a modern filter that um in the in the times where where this philosophy was was developed um misfortune and and a you know larger uh kind of scale of of misfortune happened to a, a much larger extent like it's uh it's it's relatively unlikely that you become homeless for example right um and it's just and, and that used to be different in in uh when when this philosophy was was developed so it, it's worth kind of taking it through a, a a filter that um there are some some basic things that in the grand scheme of things are like most humans did not have them but you know the, 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 there's some level that that you're fairly confident that um few things in in life could deprive you of of that and so you you do get accustomed to it and and that's fine but then above a certain level you you might lose it so clinging to it um might in, in the long run um make you miserable if you lose it and in the short term it will make you feel no different because of uh because you you just take it for granted okay so it's more like you know in the first chapter of my book it's all about passion <laughs> where i wrote that when i was trying to you know to run a, i mean i mean to to start a startup and my motivation was money so i was seeking the money i wanted to be rich with that thing that i was building i failed because you know 
it was a wrong motivation. But in the moment I wanted to solve a real problem, then then the 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 you know the the I don't know the the revenue and everything else showed up as a consequence of me solving a problem, solving a real problem and helping other helping real people instead of going for seeking the money, right? Right, and and so and so I I I think you're 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 getting it, it right here that you you know you you achieved a, a a pretty nice level of of success, but that's in a sense like in spite of the fact that you you didn't. <laughs> I guess seek it in in a very direct way. Like, of course, it was always in your mind. You're, you know, you're you're a business owner. You mm-hmm. have to care about revenue and and whatnot. But it's not how you internalize your goals. Exactly. And mm-hmm. and I think that's that's kind of the key distinction here. Okay, so we're actually stoics here at the Nosby, which is good. <laughs> wow, <laughs> we'll get better over time with with this this these new uh, thoughts from the book. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. There are a few more things from the book, and uh, some of them are actually related to, like, like speaking about Nosby, are related to productivity. So, um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, well, you'll learn more about it, I think, in the in the next one, because I think we should talk about these things a bit, you know, longer, right? Yeah, I I, I think we we should cut right about about here, but I think this should be two parts. So probably next week we'll uh, get back to the ideas from this book. So um, there is your chance. Uh, you have a week to read the book. Um, so get the book, uh, <laughs> read uh, at least a part of it, and we'll get back to the book and the ideas from the book um, in the in the next one.